Lord God, we thank you for this time. We thank you that you got us here this morning to hear from you from the book of James, book of Mark. We look forward to hearing what you got for us. Help us uh, to understand uh, this text. Encourage us. Um, convict us, Lord. And may we uh, grow, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it was last month that a friend of mine entered a four-mile run. And this was his first run ever, all right? And the whole point of the race was to finish in your predicted time. So it's not about how fast you are or how slow you are. It's about just get the right guess, right? And so I told him, let's do 45 minutes. He's like, I don't think I'll make it in an hour. I was like, all right, let's put 52 minutes. So we compromised and said, we're predicting our time is 52 minutes and 17 seconds. James chapter 1, verse 12. Going to answer some questions about our text, applications, conclusion. Then we're going to do our favorite part, our review for lessons 1 to 5 with that big quiz of 20 questions. So get ready for that. And it's on the back of the sheet, so don't turn the sheet. (laughs) All right? So let's recap. Um, If you remember, we went over some interpretive issues last week. Does anyone remember the three interpretive issues? Give me one. Yes, is it a rich believer or a rich unbeliever? What was the other one I went over? Wind or burning heat. Wind or burning heat. And what's the other one? I'm missing one. Kind of tricky. Okay, was it about finances or about faithfulness? Right? Those are the interpretive issues we went over. Um, and then we discussed in verse 9 the height in humility. What is that poor person supposed to boast in? Who remembers? End of verse 9 from last week. Close, close. Yep, in his exaltation or uh, to boast in um, his high position. Good. Then we looked at uh, verse 10, the humiliation in the heat of life. The rich man will fade away like what? What does he fade away like? Yes, the withering grass. And then verse 11, the hopeless pursuit of hard cash Why is it hopeless for the rich man to chase after all those riches? What's going to happen to him at the end? Yeah, he will fade away in the midst of his pursuits. We also looked at the differences between the humble and rich man. What were some differences? What do you remember? In verse 9 was the poor believer, and then we said in verses 10 to 11 was the rich unbeliever. What were some differences between them? Think about the characteristics, how the person lives his life. Beautiful, yep. And one is glorying in his uh, high position. The other one is glorying in his humiliation. One was busy making money, wasn't being content. The other was wise and rich in faith. And we also looked at the similarities. in The, the first one was about the man who doubts. 
waves of the sea. And then the one we just had was about the withering grass, right? And uh, it's about him uh, getting toasted, right? Like the sun. So we talked about some differences, but the similarities are they both are hopeless in their current state. They need to repent and trust in the Lord. And then we dealt with those two applications. I actually messed up last week. I said something incorrect. I, I re-listened. What was it? To rejoice in. Eternal riches. Last week I said earthly riches. So it's eternal riches. And then we're supposed to reassess future ruin of what? Earthly riches. Yeah, there you go. Good. All right. So why don't we look at today's Bible verse, if you're there already. Um, we're going to look at verse 12. And remember, I said this best summarizes the whole book of James in this verse. So I'm really excited uh, to go into this verse today. And remember, the major theme is perseverance in trials. So let's read it. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So there's going to be four key words we're going to look at today. First one's blessed. Second one is approved. Third one is received. And the last one we're going to look at is promised. So why don't we begin with the first word in the Greek, right? This is how James starts it off. He says, blessed. Blessed. It's probably the most important word for us today. And we're going to look at three different things. The position, the perseverance, and the present nature of trials. So, the word blessed. What does a picture? A picture is this man full of joy from his knowledge of being saved from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of light. In other words, he is privileged. He has this high position, like we learned about last week with the man of humble circumstances. He is exalted. And remember, he is the richest person he knows, right, in a spiritual sense. Why? Because he knows Christ. And this is more about, not just about common grace, this is about special grace, right? Faith in Jesus equals blessed. So blessed here, it can also be translated happy or fortunate. And like we said in verse 2, don't think about this happiness without any struggle. So look to 1 Peter, go to 1 Peter, it's a book to your right, 3.14. Look how Peter addresses the person suffering. First Peter 3, verse 14. If you got it, say amen. Okay. So look what he says here. But even if you should suffer the sake, for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. Did you catch that? So Peter calls the person suffering blessed. And some of us would think, that's wild. That's crazy. No way. But if you're suffering for righteousness, yes, you are blessed. Suffering for Christ, that is a part of the Christian life. But during this suffering, the blessed man, he has that wise mindset about trials. He considers it all joy. If you remember verses 2 and 4, a couple weeks ago in chapter 1 of James, this is key to our understanding of verse 12. Remember, we need to learn how to be wise during trials. And so, why don't you go back to James chapter 1, verse 12. I want you to notice here an observation of uh, the word trials. So it says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Is it in the plural or the singular? 
And then look at verse 2 of chapter 1. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various, is in the plural or the singular for trials? Plural, right? So we can look at it this way. We are going through trials, right, of various kinds, many trials. Or we can just look at it in a big picture generic way. We are going through the trial of life, right? And so um, that is what James is getting at. He wants us to understand the big picture here. Um, human experience, we're going to be uh, presently um, you know, hit with many trials. But ultimately, you could just say we're going through this trial of life, right? It's a common thing for us Christians. So I mentioned the present nature of trials. Uh, what does that imply? We are going through these trials presently, right? And the person that endures, right, in verse 12, it says, blessed is the man who perseveres or endures under trial. Uh, he is someone that's brave, steadfast, r- remains under the trying ordeal until it is ended. He understands pressures and problems are the norm, but he remembers that, yes, there's a certainty of trials, but we must refuse to give up. And, beloved, we know that we're going to sometimes feel defeated. We're going to feel down during these trials. But the point is we persevere through them, right? And remember, perseverance, we learn that it is a sign of genuine faith. True believers will persevere. So what are some examples? And you don't have to give me a big trial in your life, but give me a couple examples that you've persevered in some trials. It could be at work, school, um, maybe in your home. What are some trials in your life that you can say, I persevered through it by the grace of God? Any trials, it's okay. Doesn't, it could be a sickness. I mean, there's some sicknesses too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a good example. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Open heart surgery. Whoa, that's a big trial. Anyone else? Maybe someone broke your heart. And that happens a lot in high school, college, right? <laughs> when you get rejected and all that, and, and the Lord's there to pick you up. Maybe you didn't get the job you wanted, right? Um, but ultimately, uh, whatever trial you go to, uh, go through, uh, you're blessed because you persevered through it. Now, if you remember from lesson one, I mentioned that James he seemed to meditate on the Sermon on the Mount for for years, right? So we observe some similarities here in verse two, right? This is a beatitude. It says blessed, right? That's how it starts. And just like uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, there is no express verb here. It doesn't say is. In the Greek, it says blessed man, right? Blessed, and then it just says man after it. So this is not a wish. It is a verdict. There's no question about it. Believers, you're blessed. Last week, we learned that the humble people are exalted. We can also say that the humble are blessed. And so the Sermon on the Mount illustrates what a Christian looks like. If you Go to Matthew 5. Why don't you go there now? Matthew 5. You read about how the Christian is poor in spirit. Those who mourn. Those who are gentle. They hunger. They thirst for righteousness. They're merciful. They're pure in heart. 
They are peacemakers. And then we get to verses 10 to 12. And what do we see there? We see something very similar to our passage. Matthew 5, verse 10. Look what it says. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. And then verse 12, how do we respond? Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so we see some similarity here, right? What are some things you see that are similar? From uh, Matthew 5, 10 to 12, and uh, James chapter 1, verse 12. Yes, persecution. Yep, that's the context of the book of James. And so here, uh, Jesus is preparing his people for persecution, and he's telling them, you're blessed. What else? What else do you guys see? Yes, yep. Um, it's not suffering for just... To suffer, no, there's a, you're suffering for the uh, right things. You're suffering for, for obeying God. Anyone else? What about the response? Remember James in chapter 1, he says, consider it all joy. What does Jesus say here? Rejoice and be glad. And in, if you look at the parallel passage in Luke 6.23, uh, 6, he says, be glad in that day and leap for joy. And then... James, he says you're going to receive the crown of life. What does Jesus say here? Your reward in heaven is great. All right, so we see a lot of similarity here. But let's be honest. Is this our first response? Do we leap for joy when the trials come? When people hate us for our Christian faith? We need to remember why we have joy. Because we're blessed. You may not feel blessed, but you are Those that are hating you, they're the ones that aren't blessed. They need to repent or they'll spend their eternity under wrath. And so you can compare it. You see, endurance under trial or an eternity under wrath. You'll see that this is such a blessing to be part of the endurance under trial when you think about the eternity under wrath that many will experience. And so the trial of life is worth it. Let's consider the next word that I underlined Approved. So we made it to uh, number two, uh, the second word here. It can also be translated past the test or tried and true. Um, I approved one of my friends uh, before he got married, right? So I uh, I vetted him, you know, after I met him, I was like, hmm, let me see if this is a good fit for another friend of mine. And so I asked him a couple questions, tried to see if he was an honest person. And he passed the test. I recommended him to my other friend, and they got married. Um, so when you think of this word approved, uh, you want to think of someone genuine or judged as good. So when I say the word genuine, what do you think of? What are some maybe um, synonyms to that word? Genuine. Authentic. I like that. Keep going. Sincere. Yep. Genuine. Maybe your mother or your grandma, right? Real. Keep it real, authentic. Yes, good. So they're not a fake. They're not a phony in the Christian walk. They see trials in a positive light as tests to be passed. 
and they pass them by God's strength as they depend on him in prayer. So they're attested, and then they're assured of their reward. They have been proved by demonstrating that their character is firm, reliable. They have this fresh proof of faith to God. The Greek word uh, for approved is dokimios, and it means has stood the test. And it was used of testing coins and metals to establish genuineness. I remember when uh, Veronica, she um, got her engagement ring cleaned, right? And there was this device to test to see if that diamond was real. I wonder if we had an app on our phone or a device that took our fingerprint to see if we were truly a believer, right? That would make things a lot easier. It will reveal to us if we are genuine. Uh, But the truth is, that's what trials are in your life. Our response to trials reveal our faith. Will we persevere or perish? And so I want you to go to 1 Peter again. Turn to 1 Peter 1. Look at verse 6 to 7. This is kind of similar to what Peter's talking about. If you got it, say amen. All right. Good. So look what he says. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. See that similarity there? Rejoice, trials. And then look what he says in verse 7. So that the proof of your faith, the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so, do you see the picture here? Your faith is more valuable than gold. But also notice, it's talking about being tested, right? Tested by the fire. So I know, I've said this plenty of times already, but trials are expected. It shouldn't shock us. question is, how will we respond to them? Beloved, we can rejoice in the trials because we know that one day we will see Jesus. All right, so let's go back to James, uh, chapter 1, verse 12. Notice the next word here. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive. All right, so that can be translated to take hold of or to grab. What about uh, some examples? Who Maybe you received something recently. Has anyone received something recently? It's been given to you. Maybe a nice coat or jacket, I don't know. New shoes. Give me an example of what have you received lately? Or or do you buy everything from Target? What do you guys receive? A good morning kiss from your wife? I don't know. A check? Okay, what else? Give me some examples. Receive. Oh, the mail, right? You guys receive your mail? What else? So you're getting the picture, right? You're receiving something. Uh, The first thing I want you to um, think about when you see this word, it's the future indicative, right? It will happen. It is certain, but we must be patient. The second thing is that it will be something we receive, not something we earn, all right? What did you do uh, to receive that which you received? Well, uh, it wasn't something you earned. It was something that was given to you. And so we need to be humble about it, right? And so what is it that we receive? Eternal life. It's not earned through human effort or achievement. 
It is received as a gift through faith in Christ. It is God's valuable gift to those who endure. Uh, Romans 6.23, right? Famous passage. What does it say there? Uh, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So it's not about uh, receiving this get out of hell free card, but rather receiving an eternal uh, eternity with God. We're receiving the best gift we can possibly get. Better than that check. Better than uh, free clothes or free shoes. And receive, we remember, it's something we don't deserve. Lastly, I want you to notice this word in the Greek, uh, lambano. Right? It's used in a positive manner. The other times, if you remember, um, if you go back to James chapter 1 and see the word uh, received, look at verse 7. For the man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Right? So that's in the negative tense. But here we see it in the positive tense. And so the assumption is this person is humble. This person is receiving, but they also realize that they didn't deserve nothing but God's wrath. So do you live your life like that? All right. So we've been given so much. That means how could we not give uh, to others in need? And we're going to see that more in chapter 2 when we get to it. But let us move to what we actually receive, right? So I got a picture here of a couple crowns. Um, Which one are we receiving? The crown of life. We'll talk about that in a bit. Look at verse 12 of James 1. It says, he will receive the crown of life. It could also be translated, the crown that is life. We see many examples in scripture. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9.25, Paul is picturing the man who endures in this body of death, right? He's tempted to sin. And he receives the crown that doesn't perish, which points to this crown being something eternal. Okay? It has the idea of an eternal reward. Eternal life. And this is, right, the the message for today is the blessing of endurance. This is it. This is the blessing of endurance. Eternal life. Now we learn that there's a certainty of trials. Well, there's also a certainty of a reward. Here's the reward. To be with Christ forever. Now, remember, James is writing with a Jewish background. So he wasn't interested in the Greek uh, Roman games. But a crown, this is familiar to the audience, right? We see this throughout the Old Testament um, in the Psalms and whatnot. This word, Stephanos, it's used to symbolize a special honor or a representative of happiness and prosperity. And it brings to mind this idea of royalty, right? Um, what do you guys think of when I say the word royalty? What do you think of right away? A king? What else? The king of England, maybe? So, think, I, I, I know a lot of times, um, you know, as believers, we can sometimes be, uh, <laughs> we try to be humble about it, but guys, we are part of the royal family, right? We are uh, prince and princesses of the king of the universe, Right? we got to remember that. That doesn't mean we act prideful or hate on unbelievers. It means we are grateful and we seek for others to be adopted into this family. And so let's consider the other texts here. We have uh, 2 Timothy 4, 1 Peter 5. Um, all of these, if you read them, and that's probably going to be your homework for this week, 
if you read these passages, they're in the context of suffering. They're in the context of endurance. I'll, I'll uh, look at the other time that uh, James or uh, that the word uh, Stephanos is used here for the crown of life. Revelation 2.10. Go there. Revelation 2.10. So John here actually does say the same word James does, the crown of life. I think it would be good for us to look at it. If you know the context, it's very similar to the book of James, right? People, especially poor people, are being persecuted. And they're being called to faithfulness. Look at verse t- uh, 9. I like this. Look what Jesus says. I know your tribulation and your poverty. But look what he says. But you are rich. And the blasphemy by those who say they are Jews and are not, but in synagogue of Satan. And look what he says in verse 10. Do not fear what you are about to suffer Behold, the devil's about to cast some of you into prison so that you'll be tested, right? We're talking about being approved, tested. And you will have tribulation for 10 days, a specific number. Be faithful unto death. That's our calling. And what does he give? And I will give you the crown of life. All right? So we see a lot of similarities here. He reminds them, right? He says, you are rich. He reminds them of their high status, their high position in heaven. But he also tells them that they're going to be tested, And that their trial will end, right? You're going through a long trial. It's been a long season, whichever trial you're thinking of. It's going to end. But guess what? That's not the end. We have an eternity to look forward to. And so he promises the crown of life. We need to remember that life on earth is not the end. It's leading to an eternity with Jesus. And you need to think about that for a second. This current life is filled with problems. It's filled with sin death, pain, that's going to come to an end one day, right? What does it say in Revelation? There will be no more tears, no more pain when we dwell with him.
and our love for God should motivate us to keep going. We know God guards those who love him, Psalm 145, verse 20. And God's love for us inspires us to obey. However, the promised reward is unattainable by those that do not love God. So how can we show that we love God in some practical ways? We don't have a device here, right? We don't have an app that we can check and say, okay, this person loves God. What are some ways that we show that we truly love God? Yes, that's number one, keeping his commands. What else? I got three here on the board coming up. Uh, actually, it's probably in your, your review sheet, but it's okay. Anyone else? How do, you, how do you show that you love God? Some practical ways. Yeah. Devotion. Very good. Yeah. Right? That, that looks like coming to church, coming to church and gathering with his people. Yeah. Praying, right? Devotion you mentioned, so we're praying constantly. I got a couple. Uh, the first one I get from J- James 1.25. If you love God, you are a doer of the word. You're not just a hearer of the word. So, you, you know, you hear the word preach, and you're, you don't just close your Bible and say, all right, back to what I used to do. No, you, you hear the word preach, and you practice what, you know, you hear and you apply what you learned. Second thing I have here from James 1, or James 2.21 um, if you love God, he is your greatest treasure in life, right? Remember Abraham in James 2, 21 to 22, he is able to offer up Isaac, his own son. Imagine doing that. Someone you really love on this earth and saying, you know what? I give him over to you, God. God is your greatest treasure. So you want to kill those idols in your life. And number three, if you love God, you have a godly concern for his people if you read the ending of james how does he end it in chapter 5 verse 19 to 20 right going after that brother that is straying and you just love on them want to see them restored all right so moving along here with question number two i'm gonna kind of zoom fast here um who is the blessed man in verse 12 well if we take the immediate context we observe that the blessed man is already someone we observe Uh, throughout our previous lessons. In James chapter 1, verse 4, he is the man who lets endurance have its perfect work in him. James 1, 5, he is the man who prays to God in faith for wisdom. James 1, 9, he is the lowly brother who glories in his high position, considers it all joy when he faces trials. And so, have we been like this blessed man? Or have we been unwilling to obey God's call to endurance? All right, our last question here. Um, How does this verse connect to the rest? Right? So there's a couple themes here that I put up. Um, this verse, in verse 12 of James 1, I mean, the topic's endurance. The whole book of James is about endurance, right? I summed it up, enduring faith. And so uh, we see throughout the book of James, I won't go to all the verses. It should be on your review sheet. But there are many verses that connect to the topic of endurance and also true faith. Are you a true believer? Don't be deceived. And then the last one here is the theme of blessing the humble and uh, doers of the word. And so, yes, uh, those that are going through all these trials, you are blessed, right? One example, um, at the end of James, he says, uh, the endurance of Job, right? And so uh, there are plenty of examples of endurance, plenty of examples of true faith, plenty of examples of this blessing that uh, you receive because of endurance. All right, our last two applications, and then we'll get into that quiz. 
Uh, application number one. So you want to continue to persevere. We must continue to obey and keep the Lord's commandments. He calls us to love one another. He calls us not to give up. The trials will come, but we know the Lord will also come. And so he persevered for our salvation. Let's persevere for his glory. Application number two, cling to the promise. Remember the blessing of endurance during the trial of life. Dwell on the blessing of eternal life. Just really think about it. It should affect you. When you're going through a trial, just remember, I'm saved. I'm born again. I have more than I need or, or ever could want. I have Christ. And so you're going to receive the crown of life in the near future. The reward is worth it. The reward is great. So in conclusion, if you remember my story at the beginning, my friend and I, we endured to the end. We won the race. Remember, our predicted time was 52 minutes and 17 seconds. We ended in 52 minutes and 8 seconds, right? He even used a bathroom break. I don't know how he did it. But we got to the end. We won a pair of free New Balance shoes. That's actually the pair that he got. I got a different pair because they didn't have blue. Um, But guess what? The promise in Scripture to those who persevere is way better than a pair of shoes. It's eternal life with Christ. Let's keep pressing on. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this time. Uh, We... Help us, Lord. Help us to dwell on this blessing of endurance that we have, that we get to experience day to day in prayer with you right now. Um, Lord, we know eternal life is to know you. And so help us, Lord, to grow in our knowledge of you and, and to love you more and keep your commands. And Lord, we look forward to your return. Lord, where we no longer have this body that perishes, but we have a new glorified body. And we look forward to that day, Lord, um, to be face-to-face with you, Lord. So we pray for uh, us to endure in the trials and help us during this time of review and quiz. We thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name.